Welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. Last week I talked to you about the fact of performance and perfection and how that could lead a person to hopelessness and to the point that they think that life is not worth living. Well, I want to continue that today because I said it wasn't about you last week. It was about Jesus. It was about his performance and his perfection. And I want to reiterate that thought this week that We do not go seeking God and making God, though some people would say that that's exactly what has happened, that God is a creation of our mind, and that we can only feel good about ourselves when we get a proper make in our mind of God. But the problem with that is, is that if we're the one making God, God is going to be molded into our perspective, and he's going to be seen as someone who has our morals or our thinking. And and that's the problem with not believing in a creator or a God, because then it is up to our imagination to how things ought to be. And if you look at human history, you can see the many unkind things that mankind has done to mankind, and how even in our own country that we had discrimination and prejudice simply based on what I would call scientific racism, the idea of evolution and that we evolved and certain species or races didn't evolve as far or as fast as others, and so therefore they were to be inferior. And that causes a whole lot of problems, unlike if everything and everyone was created by God, that puts them on an equal footing. So that's what I want to start out saying. Now, to get to the part about that it is God that pursues us, we sometimes seek after God and thirst after him as the deer panteth after the water, but that's because God first sought us. He first loved us. He first came up with a plan of salvation, even while we were yet sinners. That's what the scripture tells us. And if we look at people in the Bible, I think I can prove to you it wasn't about their performance or their perfection. And as I thought about that this week, I thought about several characters in, you know, Rahab being the first one, Rahab the harlot, who ended up in the bloodline of Jesus, and she was saved because she believed in God's people and the promise of what God would do. And so she hid the spies out, and she let them go, and she put the cloth out, And when the city of Jericho fell, everything fell but her wall, and her family was safe. And then I think about Jacob, a deceiver, a liar, a manipulator, a thief of his brother's birthright. And yet, Jesus sought after him, came to him, and you could say, well, Jesus didn't. But God, the idea is, even in the Old Testament, when we find that he was there, And God came after him, wrestled with him, put a hurt on his hip, and he turned around, and Jacob's name was changed. Now, remember, God said he's going to change all our names. And so that's Jacob. How about Jonah? Jonah did not want to forgive people, and he knew what God would do. He knew the truth of God. He had lived the truth of God, and yet Jonah decided to get thrown overboard, and then I'm quite sure he thought he'd just drown, and aha, I've won, and God can't pursue me here. I'm dead. It's all over. But 
God did pursue him. It says a great fish swallowed him. Later he burped him up or spit him up on the shore of Nineveh. And he went through Nineveh and Nineveh repented. And then Jonah went off and sulked. And then God grew a gourd. And then he took the gourd away. And he was pursuing and perfecting the performance of Jonah through his lessons that he was given him. And then we come to David. David the king. He's the one that was a, as I describe it, a peeping Tom adulterer murderer. And that's what he was. And yet, God sought him out by sending Nathan to him and telling him to come back. And then we go to the New Testament, and I'll just use the one I used last week um, and plus one other, and that was Peter. And God sought him out, and he sought him out under the same circumstances that he had betrayed him and left him, and he pursued him to that spot, and he brought him back to himself. And then, I'll add one, yes, I said I'd only add one other, I'll add another, prodigal son. The prodigal son went off and riotously lived, lived with drink and money and women, and yet... God allowed him to realize in a pig pen, he let him go to the bottom so that he would realize how better off he was in his father's house. And sometimes God does that. I talk to people in jail all the time that they've had opportunities when they tell me their story to have believed in God, but it is God who, after they've gone astray, leave them to prison or jail and to meet a chaplain like myself or a minister that comes on and does studies, and they say, aha, and the light goes on just like the prodigal son. Hey, my life was better there than it's been in this life of crime that I've had. And then the last one that I'll close with today is Paul. Remember Paul? He was Saul. He was bent on destroying the Christian church. Jesus was an imposter. He wasn't the Messiah. There was no way he could be the person of God. It was just a religion that was going to go against Judaism. He wasn't that Messiah that they were looking for. But Paul found out differently as he was on the road to Damascus going to arrest and have some other Christians killed. And the voice came to him and said, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he told him, when he asked, who are you? I'm Jesus, the one you persecute. And he was made blind, and three days later, his sight was restored, and he became an ardent follower of Jesus to the point that he wrote most of the New Testament. So I say all of that to say that it is not our pursuit in the first place of God, but it has been the pursuit of God that has so warmed our heart and so touched the depth of our hurt that we can't help but love him because he first loved us and we turn to him and follow him. So let me reiterate again. It's not your performance or your perfection. It is the pursuit in perfecting your performance through his work of the Word and the Spirit in your life that brings you to the point that God wants to bring you. As long as you're striving yourself, you'll never make it. You have to base it 
upon the Word and the Spirit moving within your life inwardly, then outwardly in all your relationships. So, let God pursue you this week, and let Him perfect your performance this week as you look to Him and not to the task. Look to His personality, His character, His actions through the Scripture, and in every area of your life, strive to be that person. But realize, if you're not perfect this week, God hasn't given up on you. He might send you to a pig pen. He might cause you to be blind. He might send you a Nathan. He might give you a great fish. He might wrestle with you. But God's always there pursuing to perfect your performance. Blessing, protection, and favor until we meet again.